everyone, welcome to another action-packed edition of The Coco Show. I'm your host, your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who loves the cocoa more than he loves actual cocoa. I give you the Brent. Well, I don't know, man. Both are really good. How's it going? I'm, it's going great, man. I'm very excited. Very excited to be kicking off a cocoa show. You know, uh, this is the waning days of a movement that's picked up steam. I've really enjoyed it. And that movement is, bam, it's Septandy, Brent. Septandy. Yes. Tandy was a name that was mocked. It was ridiculed. It used to piss me off so bad. The Trash 80. All that garbage. Screw you guys. We're still around, and we're kicking it <laughs> old school. That's right. So we would like to celebrate Septandy with yet another edition of the Coco Show, Brentster. Yes. So before we get into today's main festivities, which will be a look at the interesting game, Temple of Rom. Let's talk a little bit, Brent, about uh, your Coco experiences from back in the day. Now, we grew up with a Coco. Yes. And uh, we have covered the Coco a few times on ARG, uh, but this was our home system. We had a lot of fun with these things. What do you remember most about the Coco in terms of its everyday use at our house? Dallas. Dallas Dallas. Quest. Listen. There is nothing else. I could have lived my entire childhood on Dallas Quest alone, easily, and I, you know what? I would have been happy. I would have been content. I would have been a messed up child. I mean, more so than I already am. But there <laughs> you is, said if, it, I didn't. <laughs> if there is one thing that captured my entire childhood in a way that makes absolutely no sense, it's Dallas Quest. I mean, <laughs> I played the heck out of that game, Aaron. But, the but absolute know, so heck. But- we know about your love, your bizarre, creepy love for Dallas Quest. Yes. But what else? Do you remember actually doing any programming on the Coco back when you were playing with it? I remember hacking games by adding my name to already hacked software. That's not programming. That's screwing <laughs> around. Did you actually program basic games in out of a magazine or a book? Uh, you Surely mean did I did, did, did I do any of the typies? Um, you know, I don't recall typing anything over maybe. 20 or 30 lines. I was a wee little lad during this time. Uh, and programming really wasn't my thing. But I did like to get in there and tinker. Like I said, I would t- I would uh, change hackers hacker club names to my name in some kind of vain attempt to be as cool as them. Uh, but outside of that, I didn't do a whole lot of uh, type-in programs. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. I typed in tons and tons of programs, especially early on before we got the big uh, wealth of games that we received from uh, various sources. I used to type in stuff all the time. Uh, in the, uh, Back in the early, early days, uh, there was a magazine called Compute that would have Coco games in the back. Of course, the, the magazines would have them, Rainbow, and, and even Hot Coco, I think, would have some programs in it. And so I would type in games. The funny thing, you know, that was a great, uh, the, the Coco was, I mean, I credit the Coco for sort of my career path because it really, I really did fall in love with that little machine. Uh, it, it was just so much fun and it, it did get an undue amount of hassle. I mean, it was definitely not as big or as uh, uh, popular as the C64 or the Ataris, but uh, the, the Coco uh, came with a robust manual. Uh, that really yeah. held your hand. It showed you how all the basic commands worked, and it showed you what a program was and how to load stuff. And it was, it, I think, this was the key to the Coco's success. This whoever put together the documentation for this thing uh, is is tremendous, and they they did a great job with it. And uh, they should be held up 
so that was part of what I really enjoyed about the Coco, but a great machine. And I think this week we've picked out a fairly interesting game, uh, Brent, to have a look at. Uh, why don't we go ahead and just kick right in here? And we're going today. We're going to talk about a game called the Temple of Rom. Yes, the Temple of Rom, Brent. Now, do you remember playing this game back in the day? Absolutely not. No, I don't remember playing it either. Uh, the uh, Temple of Rom, a game that came out in '82 and was authored by an interesting fellow named Rick Adams. Uh, Rick Adams' story is qu- quite interesting. He, uh, he, I listened to an interview that he did with our buddies over on. Coco Talk, uh, Stevie Stroh and L. Curtis Boyle, and uh, they interviewed this fellow, and he was one of these guys that him and his buddy were getting into computers, and they they were like, hey, I think we could make a game. And so his buddy made a game, and his buddy made his game, and said, you know, I think I can, I think I could sell this to Tandy, you know, and he did. And so uh, Rick Adams was like, well, heck, I can make a game. And so he tried to make a game, and what was the game he made? It was Temple of Rom. This was his game. So I like the fact that a guy was just like, heck, I'm going to try my hand. And he did. And it worked. And Those were glorious days. Yeah. So, um, again, released in 82 uh, by Rick. Uh, This game has a backstory that is unbelievable. (laughs) Allow me to indulge you with the backstory for Temple of Rom. Uh, You are are an archaeologist for the Galactic Council of Worlds. I don't know if you knew this. Your All right. mission to, is to travel the planet of Rawlock and investigate the Temple of Rom, right? Uh, you, you have to go in here and basically gather stuff, okay? Remember, space. You're a space archaeologist. Well, during the interview, uh, Rick Adams states that this was all baloney. He never wrote any of this. They trashed his original uh, backstory. Uh, in his his original backstory was sort of a uh, uh, a callback to a, to a book that he that, a book series called the uh, Dreedy Chronicles, which I've never heard of, but apparently it was a pretty popular either. book series back in the day with more of a, a sword and sorcery slant. And the uh, the inspiration for Temple of Rom uh, and uh, Rick says this unapologetically was the original adventure for the Atari twenty six hundred, which that has. Oh that, sure! Oh sure! That has spawned many a uh, absolutely uh, a, a programmer to go forth and 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 get to work. I hated adventure, but I know people. <laughs> I know people love that game. It's just not my revolutionary bag. for the time. It was confusing for the time. You're a dot, and in in even by my standards, that's a low end game. The Sword Quest games were much better, but they weren't great either. Anyway, that was much later too. Uh, anyway, Rick mentions that he wrote, uh, he worked on this game for six months, so which is that's pretty cool. He also mentions that the entire time he worked on this game, he did all of his work with a tape drive because he couldn't afford a disc drive, and all of his colleagues thought he was out of his mind <laughs> for, for doing that. But that's 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 all he had, you know. He also mentions that he earned enough money from Temple of Rom to buy a car. And a disc drive. So there you go, man. That's pretty good. Have, did not have to. Uh, did not have to do it again. Now here's the funny thing. Just closing the book on Rick Adams. Uh, they were real impressed with his uh, with Temple of Rom. So impressed that they let him do the port of another popular color computer game to the Coco called Shanghai, the tile game. It's like a uh, uh, which we've seen before. Very popular and beautiful title in the Coco. Sure. 
Now, get this, and here's here's your Amiga connection for this week. The next game they asked Rick to work on was they wanted him to port Last Ninja over to the Coco. Now, if you've played Last Ninja, we played on the Amigos. It's a pretty uh, sprawling game. With that would a lot be of graphics tough. And stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure you've ever played Lost Ninja, Brent. I'll I have. It, have you? Yes. So, anyway... He he he's uh, they offered it to his buddy and his buddy was like I'm not doing that, and so they offered it to Rick and Rick's like I can do it and he said he worked and worked and worked and he worked so hard on it that he, he but he couldn't he couldn't make the port yeah and and that, he gave that would up. be really hard and they brought him in they said listen Rick if you don't get this if you're quitting on this game no bonuses for you now and the guy was like get me out of here right so who did they who did they bring on board to do Last Ninja. The legendary Coco programmer, Steve Jork, who was like, I can do it. And Rick says he looked over his notes and said, oh, here's where you screwed this up. This is no good. I'm going to take care of business on this. Last Ninja was never released yeah. for Coco. Yeah. So that was, that, that's asking too much. Yeah. <laughs> too much. You got that right. That is it's quite, a, uh, it's quite a, a difficult game to port over. So let's talk about Temple of Rom, Brent. Temple of Rom, an interesting game. And uh, I know he said this was based on uh, adventure. Yeah. But to me, this game is much more like a sprawling, scrolling version of the old arcade game Venture, uh, where you are tasked with going around inside of a dungeon and collecting treasures before you're touched by the monsters. This game is almost identical to that one, except for the fact that the mazes in that were very, they were very small, and they would kind of zoom in. The rooms, it was just like, one overarching maze that would lead you to a series of small rooms, where this game is a huge, sprawling dungeon that slowly scrolls just uh, out of the gate. You can look at this dungeon and realize that this is an incredible piece of uh, programming that to have this thing scroll in such a, a large uh, a large area. What what did you think of the 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 nice smooth scroll and the cocoa in this one? The 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 actual motion of scrolling was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, the sense of scale, the sense of of how large the uh, dungeon and and all the floors and levels were, tremendous. Yeah. However, this has the uh, ever present in bad video game scrolling problem of you have to get all the way against the screen before the screen starts scrolling. It does indeed have that. Uh, to put this in perspective, uh, this game, ha this the dungeon in this is a static dungeon. It never changes. And if you're watching at home, I'm going to overlap. The, this is a map someone put together. I got, this is from L. Curtis Boyle's uh, Coco Gaming site. Someone put together a map, uh, and it lists all the treasures. I want you to look at this map here. This is the map right here. If you're looking at this on your screen, it is huge map. Yeah, yeah uh, and you start in the middle and you and you work your way out from there. So this is no little game. I mean, this is an epically large game in this. Absolutely. Uh, of course, your space archaeologist didn't come to the battle unarmed. <laughs> He's got his weird kind of laser that he brought with him, and the laser in this reminded me of the way the laser works in like Thexter. It's this kind of, you have to sort of point the direction you want the laser to go. And then the laser shoots out in a large beam. And it makes a noise like, eh, 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 eh. it's a real strange noise. It's like Bert laughing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <that's, laughs> and as you shoot this stuff, but it is effective. So 
as you run through this huge maze, uh, you're going to get all the treasure. Simple, right? Well, there's 18 kabillion tons of treasure with the tons and tons of monsters. Yeah. The 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 problems I had in terms of navigating this, I mean, there's an obvious one. It's so huge you could get lost easily. I will say that map that you could get at El, at El Curtis Boyle's site, it actually helps a ton. Having a map made a huge difference. I yeah, you'd have to map this out back in the day. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Uh, but uh, the uh, truth of the matter is, what gets you in this game? There's there's a lot of beasts that are on that are on you like the whole time, right? Now I made I printed out the docs for this thing because it lists like a ton of the different creatures that were in here. Um, you've got bats, poisonous spiders uh, are in here as well. And what gets you is uh, you can you can always shoot, but there are corridors in this game that are incredibly narrow. Yes. Right? And and the, and the bats don't have to follow the corridors. They can just go wherever they want, you know. And so they will fly through the screen, and it makes it very difficult to target them because your 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 laser has no range, no no range. You have no place to shoot the laser, and so the bats are an ever present danger. And I found them to be by far the most deadly creatures in the game. Well, yeah, and, and I think to better describe your problem, when you're in a long corridor. You can only shoot down that corridor, left or right, let's say. And if the bat comes from below, above, or any of the diagonals, you have to run to a room that gives you enough area to shoot diagonal because the bat will come straight to you. So you can maneuver in a room where you can line up a shot, but if you can't meet them in a hallway, you're donezo. And the bats are uh, fast. They're, They're... what equal speed to your character, but that's fast. Yeah. So it's and, really and hard to, to maneuver in a way that will allow you to line up a shot. Yeah, you've got to be very careful when you head down those narrow corridors because pretty much when I saw a bat coming, it was if I couldn't get to a bigger opening, I would just assume I was going to be killed, and I was. Yeah. Um, the game also features portals. Uh, portals are basically uh, round. Uh, holes that you see in the rooms with a dot in them. And when the dot's in them, that means they're active. And when the dot's not in there, that means they're recharging. So yeah. once you, you and what they'll do is they'll teleport you to another part of the dungeon. Now, that's a mixed blessing because if you're trying to figure out where you're at and you're mapping, <laughs> yeah. you're pretty much boned uh, yeah. because that's that's a long that's a long uh, pain in the butt to try to map. I believe that when I was listening to Rick, he said he took eight pages of graph paper and taped them together to make this map. So you can imagine trying to map that. Eight pages of, of graph paper. That's a lot of mapping. That would so have been when, brutal. When you been get brutal brutal back up, in the I, day. I think, I think I would never have went in one of those portals if I could have avoided, if I could have avoided doing so. Um, there's a lot of different treasure in this you could pick up. Uh, you've got golden cups, uh, jade cross, diamond ring, crystal goblet, a silver pitcher, a crystal ball and the golden crown. The crown is, is worth five thousand points. You can also get actually get uh, items that actually make you better. There are yeah. there are items that make your laser more potent, and they also there's uh I believe it's the crystal the crystal ball that will make you invisible effectively. Yes, so pretty that's pretty cool that 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 stuff was added in there. And I I actually I, I was able to find the crystal ball. Yeah. Um, and walk, it allows you, the enemies don't even react to you. You can walk right through them. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, but boy, when it wears off, it there's no 
cue, you're flashing and then you're not flashing, and every and all the monsters immediately see you and want to eat you. Yeah, yeah, you got that right. Uh, the game features some real lovely uh, four voice music. Yeah, including an opening theme and a death theme, and they sound great. Uh, they do, according to Rick. Uh, this is the same routine that was used to generate the uh, national anthem in the color baseball game. So he just basically he just basically rewrote the music, to, but it, that was what they used, and hmm. it had good music too. Uh, people forget that the coca could generate some halfway decent tunes, couldn't it, Brent? We if you knew what good... you were doing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, you had to know what you were doing. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> what are your overall thoughts on the game, Brent? Where do you where do you rank this one? I want to like Temple of Rom more. The concept, running around, looting, uh, uh, yeah, temple, uh, shooting the bat, the, the enemies, the bats, and the spiders, and all this stuff, all of that appeals to me. Uh, the look looks fine. Your guy does a little shuffle whenever he runs around. Uh, all the creatures look like what they're supposed to look like. Uh, I don't think any of the enemies are unfair. Uh, I think even the bat, the bat, obviously the hardest enemy because it can go through the walls and kind of sneak up on you. I don't have a problem with that. But being so close to the screen to scroll it is an absolute killer. And it makes a overall fun game a frustrating game because you can so easily walk into a room and hit a spider before you even realize it. And because of that, I can't recommend anyone going out and buying it. Um, I, I can't even say you should go and emulate this yourself if you've never played it before. This is something, if it's already on your emulator or you already have an emulator running, that you can just easily pop this game in and give it a shot. I would definitely do that. But I don't think I would seek this game out because the scrolling issue while super impressive uh, for the system, is just off enough that it makes it incredibly frustrating. You know, I'm, I'm going to slightly disagree with you on this one. I think this is definitely one you should seek out. And I'll, t I'll tell you why. The scrolling is the weakest issue and uh, the weakest part of the game. But uh, what you've got here is a, a game, like I said, I love Adventure, and this is a very similar game, but it, the scale is so much grander. And the scrolling is something you can get used to. And you can even use it to duck into rooms real quick. You can sort of see what's going on. You duck out. And it's not it's not a huge issue once you get used to it. I will say early on, when you're trying to walk around and understand what's happening in these dungeons, uh, and you don't understand how the scrolling is going to work, it does, it does screw you several times. But you eventually get used to it. And... Uh, one of the things I was watching when Rick was talking to the guys over at Coco Talk was the bats come out, and there's a timing of when the bats come out in relation to when you're seeing a monster and stuff. If you go into a room and you see a monster and immediately duck back out, that monster will reset and go back to his original spot. Mm -hmm. But it also resets a bat, this unseen bat timer. So you can, you can sort of utilize that to not have to see the bats as much as you did. I would like to have seen a, a more a different variety of monsters in here as opposed to just the, the couple they had. Uh, I think a, 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 a sequel to this would have been awesome. I think uh, with oh, using sure. the background, 
And there, and I did find uh, on GitHub, someone had released something called Temp, Temple of Rom 2. I haven't tried it. And this is obviously it's an unofficial uh, version, but I looked at some of the screenshots and it looked very much like Temple of Rom. I think the guy, the movement of the of your character is pretty good. Although I will say as he runs, he sort of reminds me of Ed Grimley. If you ever saw Ed Grimley run, he's kind of keep prancing around. I like but, his shuffle. He I does was, shuffle. I, I like his, I I like his was... laser. I think that's yeah. a cool weapon. It this game is a sort of anomalous in the fact that it's a, a, he meant it as a Dungeons and Dragons style game. Uh, they made it a space game, but it really sort of falls somewhere in the middle because unless in, in his backstory that this guy was a wizard or something, it's hard to explain how a dungeoneer has a laser. Maybe you played Expedition to the Barrier Peaks if you're an old D and D fan, <laughs> the one where they come across the UFO, which yeah. is a classic Gary Gygax module, uh, and always. Uh, screws players left and right so i that was what i bore in mind when i played this it's like i was exploring the 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 fallen ufo but i think this is a fun game and it's one of those games it's one of those games that's simple and it does what it does but it does it well you explore dungeon you shoot stuff you collect treasure it's that's all you need to know i dig it if you're someone who likes to map out things and i don't mean that in a bad way some people love that stick uh this is definitely going to give you a lot of joy because the rooms, there's no, I mean, yeah, they're the portals that kind of jump around, but you don't have to use them. At least not that I experienced. Um, this would be fun to map out if that was your thing, because all the rooms are square. They all have 90 degree corners. So you could grab a piece of graph paper and draw this out and, and have a good time doing that as well. And I will say this, maps are available uh, with Treasure Marked and without at uh, L. Curtis Boyle's uh, Coco game site. Just type, if you type in L. Curtis Boyle or Rom uh, Coco, it will come up to L. Curtis Boyle's site. He's the number one man for video game information about the Tandy color computer. But overall, I dug it. I uh, looked this thing up on eBay, uh, Brinster, and uh, you're, you can buy the cartridge right now between 49 and 59 bucks. Uh, so it held its value pretty well. Uh, I did look up a couple. I tried to look up some reviews on this. I did find a review from our old buddies over at Ice People. They gave this a B minus, which basically their complaint was very similar to yours. Didn't like the scrolling on it that much, but they still thought it was a pretty uh, quality game. I think I think a B minus is very fair. Yeah, fair enough. So I like that one, Brent. Uh, good stuff. Uh, I enjoyed look having a look at it, and. Uh, it's, it's the kind of stuff that you don't expect to see on a car computer sometimes. That's big, long expanses. I like the fact that the dungeon never changes because it does make you want to map it out. Good stuff. Um, any parting Coco thoughts this week on the Coco Show, Brent? Uh, you know, I'm glad that we were able to get something in here uh, for to celebrate the month. And hopefully, you know, we can come back ar- around this way again. Uh, obviously, the, the TRS-80 was a part of both of our childhoods to an extensive degree. Uh, and it's always fun to get in there and talk about it. You got that right, brother. Thank you very much for popping and checking us out this week on the Coco Show. Until then, go and play your Coco, everyone. Adios. Pew, 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 pew. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Quick shout out to all of our YouTube subscribers and Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? 
You can do so at anchor.fm slash ARG presents. Supporters get entry into the Amigos Discord channel as well as their name called out in the credits. Supporters like these fine folks. Z9K9, Anthony Jarvis, Graham W. Vetke, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Norris, Frodo NL, Steve Rasmussen, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Retroalgy, Hermsky, John Dackman, and Jerry Dennington. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Send it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We record live every Sunday at 9am EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.